Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory.
I will be discussing on Ecclesia today, avoiding leadership failure, avoiding leadership failure. As ministers of the gospel, we must be more cognitive, um, developed when it comes to leading God's people, especially in times where technology is advancing, where people's attention spans are fleeting because of major distractions in popular cultures and the fads of this time keeps us uh, deterred from truly focusing and developing our lives really in the disciplines of faith. So it is um, the goal of these dialogues to give commentary on insights on how to avoid these types of issues when you're developing your leadership in this church culture. Uh, modern church culture is one of the major uh, complexities of 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 society today. It is um, political, it is social, it is even economically um, challenging at times. But we as the people of God must develop strategies in spite of, of how to govern ourselves, our conduct, our commitment, and our consistency to comply to the divine orders and mandates that God gives us, especially when we're called to the ministry. There are plenty of articles that I could read, but I find that there's one gentleman in particular by the name of Bishop Joseph Matera that gives some good insights, practical steps on what we can do. And I'll take commentary on some of those things as I read through this particular article. Um, unfortunately, in every level of realm of life, we have all witnessed serious leadership failure. It is no longer a surprise when we read about high-level pastors, celebrities, sports figures, or politicians who have disgraced because of ethical and moral failure. As one who has worked with many struggling churches and marketplace leaders on a very personal level for the past 25 years in my case, I have made the following observations regarding signs before the fall, um, which which is geared for really teaching and training and developing leadership so that they will avoid the mistakes of the many present generation no leaders that exist today. So we're going to be talking about, for the next few minutes, avoiding leadership failure, avoiding leadership failure. One of the points that he brings out in the particular article is that often before falling, uh, before falling a leader, will cram so much in his or her schedule for a prolonged amount of time that they don't get enough time for personal renewal and rest. And I think that is um, key in this particular area. Uh, you know, I'll never forget a teaching many years ago um, by um, one of my former pastors. He talked about prosperity being for busy people. And what happened was we all developed a focus on how to get financially fit but it wasn't being a busy body, but being productive until we see goals. But people have taken this church-driven uh, mentality and uh, have tried to push things so much so that they are not balanced physically, uh, spiritually, and even emotionally. And when we don't practice the art of balance as the leadership, as the elite of the kingdom of God, then it will filter down in the in the people that um, are submitted under us by voluntary basis. So we as uh, leaders need to 
make certain that we get proper amounts of renewal and rest. I mean, you cannot be preaching every Sunday and traveling around the world, going from state to state, going in and out of people's lives, and expecting to govern yourself consistently under some type of authority and accountability. And often it's because there is no accountability that uh, a lot of leadership uh, come up with these ridiculous schedules and, and they don't take time for personal renewal and rest. Much activity is not always kingdom productivity. When a person is constantly running around from meeting to meeting, from state to state, from event to event without seeking God on personal times for reflection, they do uh, violence to their soul and will eventually be operating on willpower and fumes instead of the Spirit of God. So we need to make certain that we always are spiritually sensitive to the time, and, and that's only going to be happening through consistently seeking his face. It's a travesty. I've talked to many ministers recently as to uh, some of the problems that they're facing because they do not take time out to avoid these these common failures, and one, they're just so busy. You know, you can't have a conversation without their pausing and going on hold and and someone calling, I mean, you you should be able to eat dinner with someone and have breakfast and have a good conversation without being interrupted by your phone. And, and you know, with, with technology, you know, people can get you at the speed of thought today. Um, so there's a there's been a, a de-evaluation a de to quality living. And, and, and it's because of the fact that we over-embark ourselves. Another thing to reflect on, um, is this when we are always in a rush, we will not have proper time to process things. Um, activities without clarity will also lead to making poor decisions. So, which leads to a lack of discernment and disastrous leadership decisions. And part of this improper decision making is this false sense of pulsing, these false pulses that tells us we have to do it now or else. And there are some divine imperatives that we have that we just have to do it because now is the season. But it takes the Spirit of God to really balance us. And, of course, you know, a balance um, weight is just in the eyes of the Lord. But a false balance is an abomination to him. We want to make certain that we really master our time and give him the proper time. Okay. Also, leaders... Um, Um, often fall because they avoid intimate contact with their peers and overseers who can speak into their life. They live a life of isolation, which is very dangerous. A lot of times, and I, I you know, I've learned this too. I, I make it a point to spend time with my my accountability, and they're not my age. They're not people who I go around and say. Oh, you're my spiritual father, Doc. <laughs> no. I have people who are accountable that I look up to, that I respect because of their consistent conduct. And I don't um, devalue my time with them. Uh, and I make certain that I contact them. I speak to them. I hug them. I embrace them. Find out what they're doing. Seeing how I can help. And if you're not associated with someone that you can be accountable to, then you're going to do some cowardly and some awkward, crazy, chaotic things. 
because those people are set as people in your lives to bring you into accountability, to cause uh, the, the, the burden of Christ to be realized when you need to be corrected. And sometimes you just need to be corrected. You need people in your life that can say, hey, you're tripping, you're going too far. Your message is not sensitive. You need to go back into prayer. And when you don't have that as a leader, then you will not filter that and, and, and mimic that behavior uh, with other leadership. So those are things that we have to also look for. Another dynamic, of course, you know I'm only going to give you five, is leaders are heading to a fall when he or she is not spending adequate time with their spouse or and or family. Now, I could really park there because there's a lot of people that call themselves leaders but don't know the people that they lead. <laughs> and a, a, a man must be first found faithful in his own house before he can take care of the affairs of God. And the greatest witnessing tool that you can have as a leader in the body of Christ today is unity and peace in your own house. And it begins with the person that you have covenant with and you've established a relationship with. And that's your wife. <laughs> okay? Your wife or your husband. And um, we live in a generation today where that is not being done. And as a result, we have a lot of things going on in the church that should not happen. Uh, you know, leaders are always, again, going from meeting to meeting, state to state. And when they go there, they have no accountability. They don't submit under any type of spiritual authority and, and really allow people to have authority over them. You know, there's one thing to call someone your spiritual father and then that you make every decision that you have to make. You're either submitted or you're not. And that's, it's, it's quite funny to me how many people want people to submit under them and they themselves are not submitted to anyone. And no one can really jack them up on their coattail and say, hey, correct this. Let's, let's look for the better. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be in these big popular associations today because people are not taking out the time to really invest into the character development of ministers. And that's part of the reason why we're doing these types of teachings on Ecclesia today to say, hey, you may not be able to get this because of your schedule. You may not be able to get this one-on-one -on -one with these multimillionaires who are, are extracting your money and telling you can have it like they without giving you a plan. There, there are some things that you can do. Now, the first thing is managing your time. The second one is making certain that you're making proper decisions. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Anything else is evil, the scripture says. And many people fail at that particular one. Then also, um, and we're talking about avoiding leadership failure. Because once you embody this, then you can train the other people to embody it as well. And, and, and that is, is a kicker. Now, fourthly, this is a hard one. This is one I'm working on. All of us have to work on it, but I, I know this is one of the ones. Fourthly, leaders are heading for trouble when they don't exercise self-discipline in eating and indulging their pleasures. If a leader cannot control their eating patterns, the most likely that is a reflection of a larger issue. That is, they are medicating themselves with food and most likely are vulnerable to others' lust of the flesh that will enable them to escape from the pressures of reality. Obesity is a social sin 
that has become acceptable in the body of Christ, even though Jesus Christ warns us against it, about gluttony in Luke chapter 21, verse 34. So this is something that we just have to work on, developing a eating regimentation. We should incorporate fasting and liquid uh, waters, uh, constant flushing out and, 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 and walking and exercises and things like that so that way we can be fit. And we have a lot of preachers dropping dead in the pulpit. Why? Not because God wants them to go, but because they are eating so much fried chicken, baked chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, macaroni and cheese, collard greens, and cauliflower, and all of these things that are causing them to go into an early grave. If you ever look in Genesis when God had given the dominion mandate, one of the things that he established in Adam was that he would be a vegan. He would be a vegetarian that the the fruits and the vegetables would be meat to him. So, you know, I'm learning that we need to incorporate, increase our vegetable intake and fruit and water intake and, and kind of lay off that meat so much so that way we can have more strength and eat and just incorporate a salad and things like that. But these, these are some things, things that we really have to look at in the body of Christ. Um, because a lot of people, they're not dying because of spiritual things and, and being disobedient, but they cannot be used to their maximum capacity because they're overly indulging into foods and things. And your body is the temple of the living God. We are to honor God with our body. These are uh, very significant steps to that we all must take in order to be better as people and then also better as the leadership of the body of Christ. Jesus was well able to perform even the death on the cross because he was in a physical state that God could get the glory out of his life and could have the spiritual stamina to endure such trials and tribulations for the joy that was set before him. He endured it and despised the shame. And, we, and, and therefore God highly exalted him. Why? Because he was obedient even unto death on the cross. And one, we have to ask God what he wants us to do with our food intake and how he wants us to go about it. And once we do this, we'll find it easier to, uh, to minister and to preach and to give those things which God has given us. Fourthly, leaders, uh, um, fifthly, rather, leaders are... Um, heading to trouble when they don't seek God um, through prayer and read their Bible. Uh, one of uh, the worst things you can do is lack intimacy with the Lord. And this is the fact when you're using him as a job versus a relationship that you have in out of the overflow you speak. Now, Matthew seven twenty two through 23 teaches us that we cannot minister for God effectively and still fail if he doesn't know us. Leaders who only seek God for a sermon have a professional relationship with the Lord and will eventually not have the grace and spiritual power to deal with all the pressures of life, marriage, intimacy, moral, morality, and ethics. So we want to we be better people. We're going to have to seek God. We're going to have to really develop relationships with God. Well, in my last few minutes with you, I want to kind of um, amplify this particular five points with really learning, to, you know, time management, making right decisions, um, making certain that we spend time with our family, 
also making certain that we exercise and develop a discipline life of intake and outtakes and things like that and then of prayer. I want to also talk about in ministry one of the most things that you can avoid failure in leadership is when you amplify the importance of integrity in ministry. There's a teaching that I would love for you to have and, and go on our site and get integrity in ministry done by my wife where she deals with what it means to have integrity in the body of Christ. And uh, one of the major things that are happening in this particular uh, generation is we have a lot of people who are not people of their words and not people of discipline that are consistently exemplifying their Christian nature at all times. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to be imbalanced where you're a religious bigot. But I'm saying you, there needs to be a level of consistency, a high level that when people see you, they know that you have an adequate relationship with God that will not be compromised by the cultural uh, stipulations and fads and pressures um, that this particular generation tries to place on society. And our steadfastness is going to be the key to us advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. This is what the world does not want us to know, that our relationship with God is absolutely essential to us advancing this kingdom of God out through integrity. Integrity will be one of the final marks of the Christians that, that have stood at the test of time. And there are tests in time that we must prepare ourselves for, where when we don't have the accolades of the society, and we don't have the accolades of popular uh, uh, politicians, don't have the re uh, uh, accolades of overflows and influxes of economic resources at our advantage. Will we stand by our integrity? And if we cannot confidently answer that, then we need to consider changing our vocation and going back to the drawing board, the place where God first spoke with us to do what we say we have been ordained to do. Well, if we've been ordained in this day to declare the word of God, you will avoid leadership failure by embodying principles, basic principles of leadership. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for that which we have heard. I pray that even in this brief commentary that there will be an a ignition of spiritual stamina amongst the men and women of God that steadily uh, seek your face. Lord, I ask you for them to uh, depend and rely on your grace to govern their personal conduct and commitment to the faith by always acknowledging you so that you can direct their path. Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would remind them of the convictions that causes us to be unmovable. And by your grace and by your power, Father, we trust you. We trust you not only with the lives to lead other people, but with the Spirit of the living God being a great leader with us, that we will lead by being led by you. Father, we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. And good night. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory. Good evening. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. We are excited about the things that will be taking place this coming 
uh, fall season as we continue to progress in the ministry and technology and advance in the study of the Word of God. We have great and exciting things to happen. We want to um, put a plug in and ask you to reserve the date, October 17, 2015. We are going to have a phenomenal meeting uh, entitled the Supernatural Summit, and God is going to truly bless and we're going to truly experience God's greatness and fullness um, as we continue to grow and expand in the nature and the things of God. So anyway, uh, join us for a day, one day um, in experiencing God's presence, and you won't regret it. We're going to have information about that on the blog site and all over the media, social media, so that way you'll get all the information and details on how you participate in one of the greatest events in the East Coast, the Supernatural Summit. Also, we have expanded our platform. Uh, different audiences through different means, and so um, by, the, um, by October, we will have a new host on Thursday night join us um, in the teaching ranks of the gospel and kind of give our own flavor to our broadcast. And in addition to that, we're going to expand to a new platform called Entitled Answers by Fire, which is specifically uh, information for the ministers, and so I'm excited to be able to minister to the ministers on those platforms. And then we're going to continue our expansive study on Sunday mornings in the Word. Join us this Sunday for a special tribute to Bishop Joel and Yolanda Peoples in celebration of the return of the legacy of the sons and daughters of the Jericho City of Praise. We are coming together at 4 p.m. on Sunday at the Jericho City of Praise, and we want everybody to join us for that wonderful time. It's going to be outstanding. So there's a lot of things going on. Check out our social media site. We're Sunday. We're going to have a special tribute at a special time, 8 a.m. in the morning, our new Sunday morning in the Word time, so we can um, diligently and prophetically study the Word of God. Well, thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight, and I know that you were blessed. Um, Some of the uh, advice and some of the commentary that was given was brief, but I think it had a lot of uh, meeting there that you could take and apply to your life. And we're going to expand that teaching into another division of teaching at a later date. So be looking for that as a uh, a means to excel in the things of God. All right? Well, thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. God bless you. And good night.